0: Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Just Keep Thriving podcast. I am your host, Johnny Maria Gresta, and I am a multiple six figure entrepreneur, registered dietitian, personal trainer, and business coach. This podcast is your weekly dose of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development, and business growth mixed all in one. Because as you grow as a human, so does your impact and your income. My mission is to change the health and happiness of society, and I'm beyond excited to have you here. So let's dive into today's episode. Good morning, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Just Keep Thriving podcast. This is your host, Johnny marie Agresta previous registered dietitian and certified personal trainer turned multiple six-figure business mentor and manifestation teacher. And today I want to talk to you guys about my own health journey. (sighs) It's been a long one and I have not done a podcast that's like solely personal for a really long time, if at all. (laughs) And I've been wanting to share more of my life and who I am besides like what I can teach and inherently these stories that I'm going to go through today and my 13 years of my health journey um, are, are going to turn into teachings are going to you know inspire you to shift the way you help your clients are going to inspire you to shift the way that you do things for yourself Um could probably resonate with a lot of it. And my goal for today's podcast is just to let you in on my life because health is a massive, massive, massive part of my life. And it's a big value of mine. And, um, it's highly intertwined into how we manifest and the vibration that we hold and our way of being. And, um, I help mainly health coaches. So let's do the thing. (laughs) So I had to actually write this down. I had to write like a little timeline of things because it's been 13 years this month since I have been on a health journey. 13 years this month since I started working out. 13 years this month since I started like actually kind of like knowing what I was doing. (laughs) Fun fact, I have spent most of my life on a diet, not recently, but I've spent most of my life on a diet, and when I was younger, I was never, you know, like overweight or obese. I was actually kind of underweight as a child, Um, but my family was just constantly talking about diets. Um, My sister always struggled with her weight when we were younger. She was always the quote-unquote fat sister. That's what my family kind of uh, labeled her as, very healthy, right? (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I was the skinny one. I was the skinny, talented one, and my sister was the um, fat and smart one. (sighs) Even though my sister didn't really have much talent anywhere, but was talented in her own ways, I was musically inclined, um, but we were both really smart. And uh, yeah, just these labels just even fucking hurt to say, oh, family, what you do to us? (laughs) But that's besides the point. Um, Yeah, I've spent most of my life in diet culture in some way and, um, growing up from a really young age from like, I think as early as when I was maybe 11, I was like worried about what I was eating. And I, you know, would think there was something wrong with me if I was hungry because my entire family like tried to suppress the way that they, uh, their hunger. They tried to suppress, um, you know, when they were hungry, what they ate, they were always trying to control it. And I grew up basically just taking on all that. I thought that that was normal. And like, fast forward to now, like, you really don't have to live your life like that. I wish I knew that when I was 11. <laughs> but um 13 years ago to this month, I think I started in the middle of February. Today's February 1st. Um, I started, I, I joined a gym mainly because my mom and I really had to pee, and we had nowhere to pee in the shopping center, and like, fuck, there's a gym, mom, let's go, (laughs) so we went in, and of course, you walk into a gym, like, they're gonna try and sell you, which is fine, and we ended up signing up, Um, and I was going, like, you know, doing whatever, and then, I saw a trainer there I was going with my best friend at the time her name was Sydney she's still somewhat good friend of mine it's kind of like one of those relationships where you just rekindle things and it's like nothing fucking happened right um I've known her since I was five and uh we were working out and I was like dude we don't fucking know what we're doing like I have no clue (laughs) I was not athletic I was a classical musician she she was a dancer But, uh, you know, we just didn't know. We were one of those girls that went to the gym and, you know, did the butt machine, the abductor machine. We would walk on the treadmill, maybe do the elliptical, maybe do the Stairmaster, and Toby, like, you know, died and came off of it. (laughs) And, uh, you know, some abs. And, you know, we didn't know anything else. Maybe the leg press. Maybe. I think it was too scary at that time. Um, And uh, there was some trainer there, and he was just so fucking sexy. Oh, my goodness. Blonde hair. Blonde hair green eyes six foot three or four just massive muscles um yeah and he was older he was in his 30s and you know we were 16 at the time and I walked up to him and I was like hey can you train me and like let's be real as a trainer (laughs) that never or rarely happens like you usually have some sort of conversation with the clients beforehand or you know you've been saying hi to them or you know them through somebody right or like they were passed down to you from the gym owner but like to have someone randomly walk up to you when they've never actually talked to you and I have probably was just gawking at him for a while <laughs> he was like uh uh okay <laughs> and so We started training with him and the main reason why I stuck to it was because I wanted to fuck him. I thought he was so, so, so hot. (laughs) Uh, Mission accomplished a few years after that, by the way, and he's a good friend of mine, (laughs) but that's besides the point. Or maybe is that the whole point? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's the whole point. Okay, podcast done. (laughs) Anyway, I called him Baywatch um, because he just looked like one of those people, fucking, you know, coming out of the water, and just looked like he was on Baywatch. And, you know, I started training with him once a week, and then twice a week, and all we did was strength training. All we did was strength training, and. As much as I love him, he really knows very little about nutrition. I think he's good with his body and nutrition, but just because you can you know, develop good habits for yourself that work for you doesn't mean that you can help other people, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. He told me some stuff like multiply the amount of weight you want to weigh, like your ideal weight, by 10, and that's how many calories you should be eating. And, like, at that point, I didn't know better. You know what I mean? I just assumed that everyone needed to eat as little as calories as possible because that's what I grew up thinking. And so at that point, I probably weighed 130 pounds, maybe 125 pounds. Like, my weight just kind of ranged between 120, 130, 135 for, like, most of my life. And um, I wanted to be, like, 115 pounds because I'd never been 115 pounds. And I was like, I want to be 115 pounds. So I tried to, you know, 1,050 calories. 1150 calories and I plugged it into my fitness pal and you know obviously that never fucking worked. <laughs> I, I mean there are people out there who can eat such low calorie amounts. I was never one of those people who could force myself to do it. It would be like I stuck to it for you know up until like 2 p.m or 3 p.m and then I would binge massively later on or um, you know I would stick to it for a day and then the next day I would just you know be insatiably hungry and I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was something wrong with me and therefore I didn't say anything to him I didn't tell him hey you know I'm struggling to keep to this and I just kind of took whatever he said and whatever I was reading online and I was following a lot of the bodybuilding community I was following a lot of bikini competitors trying to eat like them (laughs) as a 16 year old oh my goodness oh Johnny oh Johnny I wish I could go back and help younger version of me, but it's fine. We are here (laughs) helping other people. Um, But yeah, I was following just this, you know, uh, impossible diet plan. And, you know, I, uh, I don't know, it was, it was just a fucking wreck. So obviously that didn't get me very far. The one thing that did sustain was the fact that I think I stuck with my trainer for over a year and, you know, I learned how to lift weights. I got really fucking strong really quickly. Um, My boyfriend, who I ended up dating before Joe, my current husband, for about three years, um, you know, he was on a weight loss journey. He had already lost a lot of weight. He was on a strength journey. So we would lift together and um, yeah, weightlifting became my life. Um, And it quickly became an obsession, a very, very unhealthy obsession where, you know, I would get mad at my family if they didn't drive me to the gym. I would get mad if I couldn't, you know, work out before we went to a family event. Um, You know, I would be scared to eat out of the home because I was so intent on just using Pam as like, you know, a non-stick spray, like all of these crazy things. I stopped eating my grandmother's food because she used so much butter and stuff like that. And now I probably use butter every single day of my life and my grandmother is dead and I wish I could eat her food again, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it quickly became a really bad obsession and, um, I ended up with a binge eating disorder. I ended up, um, I don't know if I would have categorized myself as anorexic. I never got diagnosed with any of this, obviously, because I was a normal weight and I appeared healthy to people. (laughs) What? (laughs) So many undiagnosed things. But anyway, um, I had a massive fear of gaining weight. I thought I was fat for most of my life and I was not in any way, shape or form fat. (laughs) And uh, it was just, I lived most of my life really uncomfortable because I was you know, brought up in a family where it was normal to hate your physical body, it was normal to not think you should eat, it was normal, like, nobody in my family really worked out well, you know, if they did, they did, like, 80s workout videos, and, you know, stuff like that, but nobody really, like, you know, was athletic, And, you know, they just spent their entire life trying to eat less and lose weight and nobody ever actually lost the weight. And if they did, their weight fluctuated massively and they never actually truly got healthy. You know what I mean? They never did it well. And, um, you know, that caused me into a spiral. Um, And weightlifting literally saved me. It was probably one of the only reasons I ever felt confident in my physical body. It was one of the only reasons I was able to physically, like, be like, wow, my body's fucking cool. Because for me, I, I personally just gained strength insanely, like really, really, really quickly. I have epic genetics in terms of that. And I also know what I'm doing in the gym as well. And I've been doing it for 13 years. So that muscle memory comes back really easily for me, thank God. Um, but yeah, I lived most of my life judging myself. Um, staring at my stomach in the mirror was probably my... I was going to say my favorite pastime, but it was like this unhealthy obsession (laughs) with staring at my stomach. And my mom used to do that. My grandmother used to do that. Um, And it was, it it was just, it took up so much energy, so much time. And to say that that's like truly gone at this point in my life is probably a lie. I think my stomach is still the part of my body where I am, you know, most self-conscious. If I had to say it. something made like made me feel self-conscious, um, but it it doesn't take up nearly as much energy. It doesn't take up nearly as much thought. It doesn't really matter at all to me, like it does, but it really doesn't, you know. And uh, yeah, just the amount of time I spent obsessing over trying to make it smaller over needing it to be smaller over thinking I wasn't good enough or hot enough or sexy enough um, or fit enough because it wasn't as small as whatever I was comparing it to Um, was just insane. And yeah, if you resonate with some story like that, I would love, love, love to hear about it and connect with you about it. And one of the main things or main people that I really compared myself to, like I had a, I had a decent amount of friends when I was younger and they, many of them also struggled with eating disorders, bulimia, binge eating disorder, things like that. And, uh, you know, you kind of attract what, you know, how you act and how you be. And that's clearly why, you know, those people were in my life. One of the reasons I attracted them, but, uh, You know, having a bunch of younger teenage girls, really close, all really unhealthy in very different ways, but not speaking about it to anybody, you just kind of think that's normal, you know, and it's not. And if it's normal, it doesn't need to be your normal. It doesn't need to be the world's normal. (laughs) Um, But one of my friends became a very good friend for uh, my lift. She was my lifting partner for, I don't know, five years or so. No, maybe three, maybe a little bit less. Um, yeah, throughout college and, um, you know, we lifted together, you know, four or five times a week. Um, we were both studying exercise science and she just had one of like those bodies that I was always envious of, you know, like a bigger, big boobs, a bigger butt, a really, really, really small waist. Her waist really, you know, didn't gain, you know, she kind of had the hourglass figure or whatever. And I spent, many of days comparing myself to her and comparing pictures because Instagram was starting to become big. The Fitfluencer world was starting to become big. And I would spend so much of my day, like an obscene amount of my day comparing my physical body to her. Um And it was so goddamn unhealthy, (laughs) so unhealthy. And it's not something I talked about with anybody until like, you know, I started to heal my shit. And, you know, I told my, the coaches I've worked with. Um, But it was something that, you know, I was ashamed of. It was something that I felt really insecure about. It was something that I just spent that it took up so much of my energy that I didn't know what else to do with it. And Instagram can be such a beautiful place to learn and be empowered and be inspired. Um, and when you are already in an unhealthy pattern like I was, you will find ways to subconsciously use it to reiterate how unhappy you are with something or you know find ways find more ways to tell yourself how much you suck. And, yeah, it's just, and the thing I want to point out here is that, <clears throat> you know, when you're sitting there comparing yourself to somebody else, um, or, you know, there's a whole, like, war on diet culture, I don't know, um, you know, let's use, you know, some, somebody showing off their physical body and weight loss, Um, you know, people are saying like, oh, you shouldn't be, uh, celebrating somebody else who lost weight, or you shouldn't be commenting on somebody's physical body, or you shouldn't be celebrating your physical changes, or I don't know what ridiculous things people say. Here's the thing. It's not up to anybody else to silence their happiness about their journey to feed into your disordered patterns of the way you think and live your life. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't my friend's responsibility to stop posting her body or stop, Um, looking sexy or dressing in a certain way because I struggled with my body. Like my struggle was not her fault. My struggle is mine. Right. And so there's this whole conversation going on, which I'll probably do more podcasts about, of like people, you know, shitting on diet culture and shitting on people who want to lose weight or teach weight loss. And I've been a part of that and it's not true. And I don't believe it to be true. So I no longer teach that, but it's nobody's fault that you're triggered. Your trigger is yours, right? And so, you know, for years I resented the people I followed on Instagram. For years I resented my friend. Um, you know, I developed a, a really big hatred for the bodybuilding community and the weight loss community. And it was, it was just such a big trigger of mine. And um, it was just painful. You know, and I think the same thing can go on with business and where you see other people making a certain amount of money or signing a certain amount of clients and you didn't and, you know, now you feel like shit. Like, it's not up to that person to stop celebrating themselves or share how much money they have or whatever it is. Like, it's up to you to deal with your own trigger, right? And so... I like to teach it as like, of course, I'm going to teach on this. <laughs> I like to teach it as like the difference between leadership marketing and um, the look at me marketing, right? There's a sense of like when you post something, the energy of like, look at me and look how amazing I am. And I, I think that's valid and can, can you know, certainly hold a place in your marketing. But there's also the the leadership, the, you know, showing up with the energy of, Leading others, showing up with the energy of empowerment, showing up with the energy of this is me versus look at me, right? And the this is me holds the energy of just quality, a quality that the look at me doesn't have right? One's like kind of seeking something and one's owning something, right? You're owning the space that you're in. Just like as I'm doing this podcast, it's not like a, a look at me feeling. It's like a, here I am, here's my story, here's my vulnerability. And from this, I get to empower you in XYZ ways or teach you XYZ, right? And so... Yeah, just remember like your triggers are your own and it's not up to you. Just like your clients' triggers are up to them and your leads' triggers are up to them. It's not up to you to diminish your your happiness or how much you celebrate yourself. You know, I, I experienced this with money as well. I digress from my health story, of course, um, but we'll get back there in a second. Um, but I experienced this with money as well when I first started really making a lot of money and I was using it as my sole marketing to like you know, make a name for myself and show people what's possible and what I can do and really, you know, being the authority and, you know, the making money space. Um, I got a lot of hate for it. A lot of hate from clients, from clients who paid me and didn't really show up and do the work, from clients who said like, oh, it just seemed like you wanted more and more and more and all of these things, and clients who judged me, people who judged me of the way that I spent it and how I acted around it, and I let it get to me. I I really did, and you know I also let it get to me about weight loss and the way my body looked, um, and the physical feats that I'm that my body is capable of achieving, whether it is weight loss or getting leaner, or doing a certain amount of pull ups or lifting weights. Like I started feeling bad for sharing these things that my physical things about my physical world because I fed into these triggers from other people and um yeah again other people's triggers are theirs it's not up to you to change yourself or change how you want to go about showing things and um yeah that that's my little spiel on that because I know that that's a big conversation in the um weight loss world and in the Uh, Business coaching world and you get to decide you know if this is like a hey look at me post I'm just fucking celebrating myself or if this is like a here I am post and I'm going to show up in a leadership way I think both can be in a sense of leadership but your intention behind it just has to be you know true for whatever it is that you want to achieve but okay back to Johnny's um, (laughs) back to Johnny's health story which actually this is a good segue because Next on my list is talking about my first photo shoot. So I, you know, I was a personal trainer for many years. I was a nutrition coach, registered dietitian, and uh, you know, I had you know followed a bunch of fit fitfluencers, and I was like, I need professional pictures. So I starved myself. I literally starved myself, and I I always worked out really hard. At that point, I was like deadlifting one eighty five, probably squatting like one fifty or something of that nature um, my first photo shoot, I did my first ever unassisted pull up. I was like, Whoa, it just like happened. And I was like, what did that, what was that? I've been trying for that for so long. And, uh, I just remember, I don't know, I was probably like 118 pounds, maybe like 16 or 17% body fat. And uh, I just remember feeling so insecure I, you know, didn't feel comfortable in a sports bra. I was in shorts in a sports bra. I had a few different outfits. I was matching with my workout partner at the time, and, um, you know, I just spent the entire photo shoot criticizing myself, and um, days leading up to the photo shoot criticizing myself, and thinking, I'm not her, I'm not her, I'm not her, I'm not her, which again was not her fault. It was my fault. (laughs) My fault for not getting help around that, and other people for not, you know, my family for not, you know, normalizing getting help, let's say that normalizing getting help. And um, it was just uncomfortable. And picture after picture after picture, I just remember going through it and hating on myself. And guys, I was so thin, (laughs) like not, you know, uh, what somebody would term like sickly thin, like you weren't seeing like, you know, my ribs popping out and You know, I didn't look gaunt, but I I was extremely lean and strong and it just it wasn't enough, you know. So it's like when you want to achieve something because you think it's going to make you feel some sort of enough and you achieve that thing and it doesn't make you feel enough. Like, you know, you have to learn the lesson that nothing external can really make you feel enough it's it's physically impossible and it's getting me really emotional because it was just such a time in my life where I, I fed into that narrative. I fed into the narrative of when I achieve weight loss or I achieve X or I achieve this certain weight on the barbell, I will be enough. And I achieved all those things and it it didn't change anything about the way that I felt about myself. Um in fact it it made me feel worse because I didn't know what else there was. I'm like, okay, but if I achieve this and I still don't feel enough, then, you know, I guess I just, I'm not enough. You know, I kind of made that deduction. And uh, I macro counted my way into becoming insanely lean and starved my way into becoming insanely lean. And uh, you can't macro count your way into being enough people. (laughs) Um, Macro counting can be a whole other podcast. I I don't recommend it to clients. I don't recommend it to health practitioners. Um, I think uh, the intention of it can be, the intention of learning how to nourish yourself can be achieved without macro counting, And weight loss, a thousand percent, can be achieved without macro counting. And body recomposition can be achieved without macro counting. Um, I've done it with myself for years and clients for years. But uh, I think it overall does more harm than good because most of the population has some sort of dysfunctional relationship with food and their bodies. Um, I think it's rare to find somebody who, a client who's coming to you who doesn't have that dysfunctional relationship. They have to have done a lot of work on themselves. Um, So yeah, that's that's my little spiel (laughs) about macro counting. Um, But because I didn't feel good enough at all, um, and I thought I just needed to be stronger and I needed to take steroids because That's what my workout partner decided to do. That's what her boyfriend at the time decided, like he was selling them and he took them. And I just knew a lot of people who did. And uh, I was like, maybe that's the thing, you know, if my body can't naturally get there, then I have to force it to get there. And uh, whatever there was. (laughs) So I took steroids for one cycle. Uh, Steroids are meant to be taken in cycles um, it's supposed to take them for a certain amount of weeks and then come off of them for a certain amount of weeks. And, um, that's why people who take steroids, you'll see their body change really fucking quickly. Um, you know, because they take it and then they come off of it. They gain a lot of fat. Um, usually they'll, ma- they'll maintain their muscle mass, but that's quote unquote, like the bulk season. And then they start taking steroids, usually combined with something else. Um, some sort of like a high performance, uh, illegal fat burner. And, uh, yeah. And then they get really lean really quickly. And yeah, I was just a part of that kind of world for so long and it was kind of normalized, um, which isn't, isn't a bad thing. I think you can do whatever the fuck you want. Um, they can pose a massive risk because it does, uh, you know, cause your body to change and, you know, different internal shifts happen really quickly and the body's not meant to work that way and the body has to adapt and, you know, there can be really severe risks with it. But I didn't care about any of that. (laughs) I was, uh, intent on changing my body to make it enough and make me enough. So I took steroids. Um, I did it just for 12 weeks, which was one cycle. I think I actually lasted 10 weeks because I was, I started dating Joe at the time, my current husband, my only husband, my husband, Joe, my husband. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he didn't like the fact that I was on them and he asked me to stop them. And I was like, that's fine. (laughs) Um, but a little story about my steroid usage. Um, I don't even know where to start. I gained about 10 pounds the first week. (laughs) Literally it was, uh, my body just put on mass, like nobody's fucking business (laughs) um my strength increased a good amount I went from like squatting 180 uh, deadlifting 185 to like uh deadlifting two plates for three reps or something of that nature Um, I went from being able to do a few pull-ups to being able to do six or seven you know multiple sets of them it was for me the way my body reacted to it like it just didn't get fatigued it wasn't that my strength, like, you know, I tripled everything in strength. Like, yes, I went up 10, 20 pounds on upper body things and, um, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds on lower body things. But, um, it's not something my body wouldn't do naturally. Like I naturally increased that amount within, a Um, a cycle of me doing just strength training without starts because I don't take them anymore (laughs) so like my body increases that amount naturally if that makes sense but um it was just not fatigued you know it was like I could go for fucking ever and you know we would we had (laughs) we had a split of doing legs and squats one day then we would do an upper body. Then we would, on Tuesday. Then we would do, uh, we did pull ups and deadlifts and back on Wednesday. Then we did something else Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and it was just our body was wasn't getting nearly as sore, and so we were just able to you know go for longer, and um, not feel fatigued in between sets and stuff like that. So I mean it was pretty cool. I felt like a fucking superwoman. It was great. <laughs> Um, but I gained another 10 pounds like the, you know, within the next month. And that brought me from like 120 pounds to 140 pounds, which at that time was a lot for my body. And then I went up to like 143 pounds and I just, I put on a ton of fat around my stomach and, um, I don't really know too much about steroids, but, um, I know that, (sighs) Apparently what I was given, I think was given to sabotage me. And I don't like saying this, but I don't like saying that people deliberately do mean things to somebody. I don't know. I don't believe that to be true. But one of my friends, after I stopped the steroids, asked me what I took and I told him and then I was like, and then he showed me his and I was like, that was not the same pill that I took and uh yeah apparently what i was given was a mass gainer and steroid so it was something that you know guys use who are really 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 thin to just put on just mass it wasn't just a steroid and so i don't know if the person who gave it to me knew that it was my workout partner's boyfriend or i don't know if Um, you know, I mean, these things aren't fucking regulated, so I don't, and even if they are whatever, but like, you know, I, I I don't know, I don't know where it went wrong, but clearly it was laced with something else that, um, made my body react in a certain way. Her body didn't react that way, but like, that's how mine did. And I gained a lot of fat in my stomach and, um, it was, it was extremely uncomfortable for me. And, um, yeah, me at 143 pounds now, Looks very different than Johnny on steroids or whatever that was at one hundred forty three pounds. Now one hundred forty three pounds is like fine for me. I have no problem sitting at like one hundred thirty five, one hundred forty pounds. But back then, just the body composition that I had was just not something that I desired. So yeah, I stopped taking steroids and then I went on a massive weight loss journey. Um, I think I I went between macro counting and just like you know eating eating with intention is what I call it. And truthfully, it was like one of the healthiest I had ever been. Um, I got down back, I got back down to 120 pounds and that was where I kind of liked to sit at the time. Um, and it was the healthiest I had been up until that point. Um, I had went to Greece, I remember, and, um, you know, I was doing, an hour of cardio, a few days a week. I was weightlifting three to five days a week. I was doing some yoga. Like I was just putting in a lot of attention into it. I was meal prepping. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wasn't binging for the first time in a long time. And, uh, Yeah, I stopped smoking weed, which also helped my binge eating. This was after my binge eating disorder. Um, I kind of healed that randomly from, you know, eating enough. (laughs) And then I started smoking weed. And I don't know about you, but I just get the munchies. Like it's this point, like 20 or 30 minutes into me being stoned that I just need to eat something (laughs) and I need to eat a lot of it and I will Uber eat anything to my house. (laughs) I don't get high anymore. For the most part, I have occasionally, but um, we have, like, some edibles here. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I don't. And, uh, yeah, me getting rid of being a stoner was really important to the healing of my binge eating journey (laughs) and I don't think that if you binge when you're stoned that's a binge eating disorder I just think you binge because you have the munchies um but yeah so that was really you know a big thing for me to get back down to a normal body fat level that I wanted to sit at healthily but I remember when I was in Greece like my body just looked insane it looked so good but there was still a part of me that thought that it needed to be leaner and uh yeah, that, that was that. Um, and then I lost a bunch of grandparents. I lost about six grandparents within, no, I lost three (laughs) grand, six grandparents. I lost three grandparents within a six month period. And I started my dietetic internship at the same time, like in the midst of two out of three of them dying, it was two. And then, you know, the third one died a few months later. And Joe also lost a grandparent. It was like some of the worst time in my fucking life, honestly. And for me, when I get sad, I don't eat. Um, my body just like kind of rejects food. Um, and so, you know, that combined with being really busy in my internship, like I, I stayed extremely, extremely lean. And that caused me to go from like kind of being, you know, the healthiest I had ever been in terms of like balance and feeling good about myself and stuff like that, um, even though I still wanted to get leaner. But um you know, to a place of unhealthiness because my grandparents died and I wasn't really able to eat. And of course, everyone's like, oh my goodness, you lost so much weight. You look so good. And you know, that disordered thinking of like, oh, okay, I'm here now. So let me just keep it up. And that, that doesn't happen when you've lost the weight unhealthily because you starved yourself because you were really depressed. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I stayed, you know, basically around that body fat percentage, whatever I was at the time, same weight, same lifting patterns and working out patterns and eating patterns uh, for a good like four or five years. And it was great. And then um, I Joe started going to Orange Theory. He started teaching Orange Theory. And at that point, I put a few extra pounds on, but nothing crazy like it was, you know, normal for me. Um, And then I went to Orange Theory and I got the leanest I had ever been, like ever in my life. Um, And that was really good, except for the fact that I was overworking myself because I started coaching Orange Theory and I was trying to run a business, a meal prep business. And I would starve myself because I didn't have time to eat. And then I would binge eat in the evening. And yeah, (laughs) that's when it really spiraled into being really unhealthy nutritionally. Um, and I was just moving so much being an orange theory coach and I was in a kitchen all day long because we were meal prepping and cooking and food shopping and all of the things and delivering and, uh, yeah, it just, it was too much and who knows how many fucking steps I was doing and I was working out, you know, and, uh, we would come home, we would meal prep healthy food for everybody else and it tasted really good. We were some, we had some really fucking epic recipes and we're some pretty good chefs too and we were trained by a chef as well. And, uh, we would go home and we'd order Domino's pizza to the fucking house. <laughs> we would get stoned and order Domino's pizza to the house. <laughs> so if you notice, there's a pattern, like when I get super busy, like most of the world, um, eating becomes difficult for me to maintain and a healthy relationship with food becomes health, uh, uh difficult for me to maintain. And it's really easy to just undereat and then massively overeat. And for me, my body apparently responds well to that in terms of body fat levels, even though I would never, ever, ever go back to that. I couldn't even get myself to eat like that anymore. Um, but yeah, that happened. And then my fiance at the time, now my husband, he cheated on me. And as I said, when I get sad, I don't really eat. And so I even got leaner than that. Um, and then everything leveled out. Um, and then I had abs for the first time ever. It was magical. Um, I was eating really well. I was working out really well. I was doing orange theory a few days a week, lifting a few days a week. And, uh, yeah, I was finally not binging. I was, I was well nourished. Like it was great. And then my healing journey happened. This is like one of the last parts that I'm going to go over in here, but my healing journey happened. And for me... It wasn't this like rainbows and butterflies and unicorns type healing. <laughs> it was this like deep grieving process and, uh, yeah, meeting my shadow and dealing with so much that I had pushed down and stopped dealing with throughout my entire life. (laughs) It was like the first time I cried in like 27 years of life. And, uh, it became nearly impossible for me to actually push myself, for me to eat intentionally. Like at that point, my, my desire for any sort of physical change or strength gain or speed gain, um, because I'm a runner, like all of that just went out the window i just could not could not could not get myself to lift a weight or push myself on a run or go back to orange theory you know or do a hard yoga class like there was just no pushing that could happen. There was no pushing that could happen in my business either. Like it was just something that, it was a season of my life where I just, I just had to be whatever that meant. And whatever happened during my business, whatever happened to my health, like it just had to happen because I could not, you know, continue working out and running my business from the place that I was before my healing journey. And I just, I really needed to just feel anything that was kind of soft within my body, like, you know, easy yoga practices, um, walking. And that's really all I did for a while. I jogged sometimes, um, but it just got increasingly hard because I lost muscle mass. I was gaining a lot of fat and uh, it was really, really difficult for me too. And then, you know, obviously COVID happened and then all the gyms shut down. Um, And Joe and I did have a gym in our, in our, um, garage at the time. But, um, it was again, just one of those things where I couldn't, you know, I would do like a half hour and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Or I would do 20 minutes and I'm like, okay, I'm done. And that's just not enough for my body. So yeah, I put on a ton of fat, lost a good amount of muscle mass. Luckily, like I had worked really hard over the years for that. Um, that was, you know, already 11 years into my weightlifting journey Um, and yeah, and I just didn't really, I couldn't care. Like, it was just one of those things where I was just so tired of caring, so tired of putting intention into it. Um, yeah, and my eating was just out of control, and it was just something where I was like, this is just the season I'm in, it's fine. Um, I want to say the heaviest I had weighed, I, the last time I'd weighed myself was about 155 pounds, um, at the time. And I'm pretty sure I went up at least another 10 pounds. Um, none of my clothing fit me. My sports bras didn't fit me. Like my loose shirts were kind of fitting tight at that point. Um, I had to, you know, buy all new workout clothing, things that I used to wear, you know, the bottoms that I used to wear, um, you know, were really fucking stretched. I'm like, these are going to fucking break somehow they still fit. Um, so I had to buy new pants and, you know, all of those things that just nobody really wants to go through, but it's not like it was something that was a bad experience for me. It was just like a a sense of, you know, like there were days where I cried about my body. There were days where I was really unhappy and, um, I was just like, what's going on? Like, how did I get here? How did I get so far from where I used to be? Um, those were very few days though. It was mainly like just really learning to reconnect to my body. That was the main thing that I had to learn because I'd spent so much of my life just trying to change it externally, trying to use external factors to change it, trying to figure out the best nutrition plan, the best macro you know count, the um, best weightlifting program, like you know, all of those things that uh, it was just all an external search versus tapping into myself internally. And listening to my body. So, uh, yeah, it it was like this difficult time of being, you know, the fattest I had ever been and being the you know I don't I'm not gonna say the weakest because when I before I started weightlifting I was really fucking weak like doing a pushup was just there was no fucking shot in hell that I could do a push-up. I was one of those girls in gym class that could do a half of a push up during like our pushup tests. I would like go down and then I would just flop down and that was it. And I would tell my teachers I did a half of a push up and they're like what the fuck is a half of a push up? <laughs> um but yeah I definitely wasn't the weakest that I ever was because I could still, you know, do push-ups and I, was, I think I was still able to get like one pull-up or something like that, but um, it just things were hard. I remember I was trying to work out. It was once um, Texas was kind of opening after, you know, COVID happened and gyms were starting to open up and stuff like that, but I was still working out at home and we had the gym at home and you know, I just remember doing bodyweight lunges and like five of them or eight of them was like actually physically tiring. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Sorry, my dog's going off. I don't know if you could hear that. But yeah, things that were just easy for me, like doing push ups and pull ups and even just lunges and bodyweight squats, those things just felt challenging in my body. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to stay there. So I wasn't, you know, getting super crazy about it. But, uh, it was something that I, I did not want to to keep in my life. Um, yeah, and I couldn't rush that process. Like I don't think you can rush the process of anything, of any season that you're in. You just have to go through it and surrender and just be there. And that's kind of what I did throughout my healing journey. And I just honored it. And it was the first time I learned to truly love my body because it was something that I just didn't want to change at the time. I couldn't change. I couldn't put in the energy to change. And it was the first time I truly learned to love myself, let alone my physical body, without, you know, having all of these feats that I could accomplish. And it was a necessary portion of my um, journey, but I'm glad I'm not there anymore. (laughs) Um, March of last year, almost a year ago. Um, was when I started, like, really having the energy to push myself again. I was already weightlifting a little bit. I was already, um, yeah, like, trying to get back into it, like, you know, going a few times a week, but it was still very difficult to move my body, and, like, it didn't want to do anything, and uh, March of last year, I moved to Colorado, and uh, Joe stayed here in Texas, and um Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to go back to Orange Theory. I'm ready to go back to yoga. I'm ready to you know, really push myself. And so I started with that. um, And then now my split has basically been like two Orange Theory days a week um, for about three, two two to four weightlifting days per week. Um, I do typically two lower body days um, and then at least one upper body. So maybe three, three to four days of weightlifting. At least one or two upper body days, um. So I work out about six days a week. Um. I've been getting in a lot more walks, which has been really great because you know you can't just work out and not do anything outside of that. Um. But yeah, it's it's been a long road this past year. (laughs) Um. And it's it's it was way harder for me to get like quote unquote back into it and get my body back to a place where it is really strong where. Um, you know, I maxed out on deadlifts at 270 this past January. Um, You know, I'm squatting 180 for a few reps or 185 for a few reps. Um, I haven't tried pull-ups yet, but um, that's on my plan for the next few weeks. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's taken a long time for me to get back into a place of really loving the way my body's moving. And for me, it's harder to be you know, in the season that I am now because I was it, it's harder now than it was just starting. Because when I was starting things were getting better, things were getting so easy. You know, I was just getting stronger and stronger and stronger and leaner and everything felt really good. And I was like, wow, look at this. And it's like when you go from that to um, you know, some sort of lesser level, if you will. Um, it's, it's hard to like know what your body was capable of before and what it looked like before compared to where it is now and, you know, feel good with it. And it's, it's a challenge truthfully. Um, the same thing happens in business. If you had a really big launch or a really big year, um, you know, I've had that and then subsequent launches or subsequent years weren't as big or whatever, like it's hard to be in that season um, I think it's harder, truthfully, than you know the beginning stages of growing um, and just starting, where you know you kind of had the beginner gains <laughs> and things get a lot easier. So um, yeah, it's it's been a challenging year, um, but I'm so 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 grateful that I've been through all of this nonsense over the past twelve years. This like necessary nonsense. Um, of hate for my body, love for my body, surrendering to whatever my body needed, um, and learning how to integrate it all because that's kind of where I am now. Learning how to, or I'm rather I have integrated all of the parts of you know the full resting, the pushing myself, the weightlifting, the unconditional love, the honoring. You know, all of it is just part of my journey now, and I wouldn't be here. Um, you know, feeling as good as I do as a human (laughs) in a body, um, you know, without the past 13 years. And so while it has been a massively emotional journey, I probably will just cry after this podcast. Um, uh, it, it, it was all necessary. And, um, my goals for this year, before I go through some tips for your clients, but my goals for, This year in general is, and in general, is just to continue down the path that I am. Um, You know, I have a certain weight goal in mind. I really don't weigh myself often. I just, I still, it's just not necessary. So I have a certain weight range that I would like to sit, um, but more so I have a physical way I would like to look and that I'm manifesting my body to look. And it's working out really fucking good so far. So I'm going to keep going on that, that road. I do like having abs, so that's a goal of mine. Um, I'm going to manifest my butt staying big, even though it has gotten much smaller. <laughs> um, and my, I, I just want a thicker lower body. I like having a thicker lower body. I also like having a really strong lower body. I um, and just a lean upper body. I don't care if it's on the bigger side or smaller or whatever. I just want it to be leaner. Um, where I just, you see muscle on it all the time. That's it. Um, nothing crazy. And uh, yeah, that's my physical, physical goals. I've been thinking about possibly stopping Orange Theory and just running on my own. um, Just because Orange Theory uh, kind of interferes with my weightlifting workout. Sometimes I'm too sore and stuff like that. So I don't know. We'll see what I do for that. But for now, I'm keeping the weightlifting slash Orange Theory. And then I do yin yoga once or twice a week. And I usually do a yoga flow um, once or twice a week as well. So, and then lots of walks. Um, But yeah, when it comes to our clients or your clients rather, because I don't health coach anymore, it's important to work with each client very differently. Because every client that you attract is going to be at a different phase of this. Some clients need to be in the honoring phase. Some clients are in the full integration of everything phase and balance phase. And some are, you know, in a phase of just starting and some are in like a go, go, go phase. And um, you can't force somebody to be in a certain phase. It's just, they, they have to, everybody has to learn lessons. Everybody has to learn, you know what's necessary for their body and they have to heal and because we are all in different parts of our health journey and life journey um it's nearly impossible to get you know get 10 clients and treat them all the same way or recommend the same things to them it's just this is why we have clients you know some who get results and some who don't and so obviously if you have like a group program or something like that it's impossible for you to treat each one differently Um, But make sure you are clear with who the program is for and don't push anyone into the program who, you know, hasn't said like, this is a fuck yes for me because I've sold a lot of people in that way because I've gained their trust and they were excited for it, knowing that they weren't ready for the work. And so just stay in integrity with who you accept into your programs if you have some sort of a... application process know that not everyone's right for it and allow people to be on their journey like if your client is struggling to follow with some sort of a plan that you're giving them like you know make sure to honor that honor the struggle and work with the struggle and don't just force them into more plans because it's not going to work it never works I can guarantee and if it works it only works for a short amount of time um yeah yeah Humans are really intricate people, things, humans are really intricate things, (laughs) and uh, we're very complex, and you can't expect everybody to respond the same, which is why one-on-one high-ticket health coaching is so, so, so necessary in this world, Um, because you need to work with your clients and track all of their patterns and their thoughts and their habits, um, and help them deeply, and guide them in a deep way, not just you know, and I here eat this many carbohydrates. Why? Um, so yeah, that's what I have to share with you on that. Um, thank you for coming along with my health journey. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and you learned some stuff about me, found me entertaining. Um, if you liked this podcast and enjoyed me talking about my health journey, please let me know. You can screenshot the episode, tag me, let me know what you resonated with. You can just DM me as well at Johnny underscore Agresta. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy to connect with you. Thank you for listening to me and I will see you in the next episode.